I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. So you know what I learned when I used to work at Wells Fargo? Probably nothing, but please tell me what kind of bullshit they told you that you learned. (laughs) So Wells Fargo has all this marketing material with the stagecoach. And the stagecoach is always shown moving from left to right because that is... Oh, can I sing? Yes. Oh, oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is uh, coming down the street. Yes. Well, the unfortunate thing is that's a musical about fraud. Uh, yeah. Which is why Saturday Night Live picked up on that to cover the Wells Fargo story. I know they should have asked me to be in it. Uh, but anyway, they, they, they want the stagecoach to move left for right because the idea is the bank is always moving forward. And uh, I think that is an idea that they have undermined a little bit in the last year with this scandal. Yeah, tell me about it. What happened over at Wells Fargo is that for a number of years, um, the bank was incentivizing its employees to open as many credit cards and bank accounts as possible. Employees were getting rewarded for that. Specifically opening these accounts for existing customers. Yes. So like if you already had a checking account, they'd try to get you to get another one or to get a credit card. The reason that Wells Fargo employees were opening these new accounts was they would both compensate people for opening new accounts, and then also they would set quotas. So if you were a branch manager and you weren't meeting your quota, you could be fired or you could get in trouble for that. The problem was because these quotas were quite aggressive, these practices became widespread through a lot of the bank, and you had a lot of customers receiving accounts that they did not ask for, which is illegal. Another interesting parallel here, and I wrote about this for Business Insider, is it's kind of like when you pay teachers based on their students' test scores. Um, Test scores are a pretty good indicator of student performance, just as new account openings are a pretty good indicator of something that's likely to be profitable for the bank. But when you start paying people for the thing that you think is linked to profit, they may find ways to do it, even if it doesn't generate profit. And this is an issue with incentivization and compensation on all levels of banking. Another issue that has been going on in the world of Wall Street over the last few weeks has to do with higher level investment banking and Germany's largest bank, Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, a few weeks ago, was almost handed down a fine by the Justice Department of $14 billion for matters related to the financial crisis, selling crappy mortgages to people. A lot of traders and investment bankers had their compensation tied to the sale and production of those kinds of products. And now, years and years later, the bank is still paying for it at a time when it doesn't really have the cash, and that made the stock plummet. Here's what's interesting to me about this, is that, so this fine, and so we went through this period where banks did a bunch of really bad things. And we wanted to punish them. And one way you can punish them is by levying fines. The problem is that 2008, 2009, the banks basically didn't have any money. And if you tried to take really big fines out of them, then they would just become insolvent. The amount of money that they owed to people who had put on deposit with the bank would have ended up exceeding the amount of cash that they had available to pay those people. Uh, So you, you end up with you can't fine the banks because the banks can't afford to pay the, pay the fines. But then years later, as after the banks have done some recapitalization, they make some profits, they raise some equity, then you can collect the fines from the banks. What's interesting about Europe is that a lot of these banks really haven't recovered. They're really not that well capitalized. So here's what's interesting to me about the Deutsche Bank negotiation, is that the U.S. government, because Deutsche is a global bank, they do business all over the world, um, is going to levy this fine against them. Um, but their financial position is precarious, and we're talking about whether the German government might need to infuse money into Deutsche Bank. So if we levy a big fine, isn't that kind of just a transfer from German taxpayers to U.S. taxpayers? Don't they still owe us? Well, sure. I mean, although, like, trying to extract a bunch of money no, out I of mean, Germany... No, I mean from, like, Hitler. Right, but I mean, we we tried that in the 1920s. It didn't it didn't work so great. Yeah, it's 2016. <laughs> Pay up. <laughs> 
Um, but so isn't this in some ways more of an international relations negotiation than it is simply a bank regulation question? Well, that's why I think it's so interesting that bankers who have been inside the rooms with the central bank regulators and politicians like Chris Whalen, who I was speaking to during this crisis from Kroll, which is a, a company that basically just values distressed debt and bank assets, he sits in on all these meetings, and he was completely shocked when Angela Merkel said that she wouldn't bail them out before they had all gotten together and talked about this, because this should be a negotiation between central bankers, international politicians, and you know the bankers themselves. What, what's interesting to me about comparing this scandal, where you know Deutsche did things that misvalued its assets, that misled people about how leveraged and how risky the bank was, that caught, that exposed the global financial system to great systemic risk. And, and Deutsche Bank still has ongoing leverage problems um, that are leading to this question of whether it's going to need a rescue by the German government in the future, is that we're not past the financial crisis stage. Whereas Wells Fargo, which is one of the better capitalized major banks in the United States and also one of the less interesting banks in so terms boring. of- So boring. Oh yeah, my God. Does really boring like checking and credit business. Is that- the scandals that we've seen at Wells Fargo are the sorts of scandals you would see at banks if we regulated banks into behaving like utilities. If we didn't let banks take big systemic risks for the economy, banks would become shady in the way cable companies are shady. You know, regulating banks into boringness doesn't make them necessarily good actors, but it makes their corporate scandals like the scandals in any other corporation. And they're much easier things to handle. You can find... And understand. Right. They're easier to understand and they're easier for the government to police and you can punish them in a way that's easier to set formulaically. And then the other thing is, Wells Fargo has plenty of money to pay fines right now. And so you do, you're not running into the situation where when a bank has behaved the most badly, it is least able to pay fines to the government. It simultaneously needs to be punished and needs to be rescued. That's what you get with these you know, credit crises. When you have crises that are simply about misleading your customers, um, those are things that the government can effectively hold banks accountable for. And at the end of the day, it's all about how you incentivize your employees in terms of compensation. These people would not have been doing the shitty things that they did if they weren't getting paid to do them. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 